Welcome back to your next stop. This is Juliette Hahn. On this episode, I speak with Steve Waddell. He is the founder of Nasoni, which is N-A-S-O-N-I. It is an award-winning fountain faucet. And you might just be like, huh, interesting. Steve actually founded this idea came to his mind when he was in Italy with his wife and he found this idea. And then where this has gone is incredible. I love this story. I was so fascinated. When you guys listen, you'll hear, I get like giggly in it because I'm like, oh wait, oh my gosh, I need to connect that dot and this dot. It is a really fascinating story. He started it because of the functionality. Like when you go to drink, um, when after you brush your teeth and you have to bend down his neck, he's like, I want to try to figure this out. The things that he's doing now with sensors to help the paralyzed, the wounded warriors, the um, different uh, blind people. I mean, so many different things that you can do with this faucet. And on top of it, it saves water, which he found out as like after he created it, which is really cool when he realized, oh, wait, this actually is also, it conserves water. Like this is good for the planet. Not only is it going to help a bunch of different people and different people with disabilities? It's also going to help just a regular household. It's really fascinating. And the idea that he founded uh, in Italy is a really sweet story. I did this episode with Noah McNeely of Product Quick Start. You guys will remember his episode came out a couple weeks ago. He helps inventors. He helps inventors with their products. So they come to him. He says, yes, this is a great idea. Here's some homework to do. But that's how they connected. And so it's really fun to also have Noah on here to kind of um, bring up different points that maybe I didn't know about the inventing kind of process. But Steve is really interesting in how he he shares with you guys what he did. He raised a lot of money in contest because he won because of his idea because it is so freaking cool. And he does a lot of trade shows. He's at you can find actually Nasoni on Wayfair, but again it is N A S O N I. That's how you can find it on all the social media. It LinkedIn, it's Steve and his last name is W A D D E L L and this is a fascinating episode. I again, I get really giggly because there's so many cool things and both of these guys by the way have an engineering background which for some reason, a lot of these episodes recently have engineering, but they have the creative side of the engineering. And it's so cool to hear and see how their mind works and what they create. You don't want to miss this. Have you ever been listening to your favorite podcast and that moment comes up and you think, oh my gosh, I need to share it? Well, now you can with Picked Cherries. What I love about Picked Cherries so much is that when I'm listening to my favorite podcast and that moment comes up that I want to share, I can take a snippet, which is called a Picked Cherry, and I can send that to my friends and family so they can get involved in the podcast that I love. It's almost like sending an IG or a TikTok. Available now, iOS and Android. If you're not picking cherries, are you really listening to podcasts? Welcome back to another episode of Your Next Stop. This is Juliette Hahn. So in this episode, you guys, it's going to be a little different. You're going to be like, wait, I hear two men. You guys are familiar with Noah McNeely. If you have not listened to his episode, you can hear his story because we're not getting in that here. We are getting into Noah's... Um, he had started Project Quick Start. And one of his clients is Steve Waddell. So I want to welcome you both to Your Next Stop. Thank you, Juliette. Pleasure to be here. Yes, I'm excited. And hey, Noah, welcome back. 
Hey, thanks for having me. So what Noah and I want to do, and this is kind of fun. So if, again, if you have not listened to Noah's episode, please go back. But he is, has a company that he helps inventors. And I became very fascinated with some of the projects that he's doing because I love that kind of when someone's out there daydreaming, they come up with an idea, where do they go, right? You have this idea, how do you get it out into the marketplace? And that's exactly what Noah does. So he said, I think that you need to interview Steve because Steve has created an award-winning faucet that saves 80% of water, right, Steve? I mean, that's correct? Yes. (laughs) And And I I should interject that Steve is one of my favorite clients ever. So uh, (laughs) I think it'll be a uh, a good call here. That's we great. have a lot of fun working together. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's what it's all about. But I know when, when Noah told me and I did, like, you know, I always do a little research. Steve sent me a video I watched really quickly. It's, and I am all about saving the planet. So it was kind of like, wait a second. I definitely want to hear the story, how it started. And when we jumped on, Steve started telling me something and I was like, oh, pause, pause. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear it kind of unfold. But so the company is Naysony. Did I say that correctly? Yes, you did. And, and so it is this amazing faucet and you guys can kind of go and follow Steve. He uh, is on LinkedIn and Facebook where he hangs out the most, but you can also find him on Twitter and you can find him on Instagram. And that is N-A-S-O-N-I. And then um, Steve, you're a LinkedIn. You have your own personal LinkedIn and then you have the company page. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Okay, great. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to get into this. And so again, this is kind of a new thing for your next stop. I know everyone that's uh, you know used to listening to YNS Lives. There's always a couple different people, um, especially my NFL series. Uh, I have a co-host, but so I, we thought it would be really fun for Noah and I to kind of jump on here and talk to Steve and really kind of lay this out. And Noah's here to kind of ask other questions that maybe I'm not thinking about that the audience would be interested in, especially if you guys are out there really thinking, you know what, I have this idea and it comes, keeps coming to me because we talk about this on the podcast all the time. You know, when you're out there, you're being curious, you're asking questions, you're kind of following the path that you're meant to follow. Things kind of, kind of unfold. And sometimes we don't know what to do with it. We don't know where to start. We don't know where to go. You go to Google. You know, how do I create this product? How do I get a patent? What do I need to do here? And the thing that's going to be fun is that we're kind of, kind of lay that out here for you. So Steve, I would love for you to give a little background of who you are. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's like very short, just like who you are and where you grew up, if you went to university, if you were in the corporate world, and then we'll get into the story of how you founded Nasoni. Sure. Absolutely. Happy to. So my background is I went through the apprentice school at Newport News Shipbuilding, um, and I graduated as an honors graduate. I had the highest shop grade average for working with your hands, your tools on the waterfront. Um, and then, you know, I went at night to get my mechanical engineering degree. Kind of like Noah, I heard his podcast with you. But for me, you know, after I got my mechanical engineering associate, I'm like, this is boring as crap. I hate engineering. I don't really care about the stress on the beam and a bridge, the middle, you know, in the middle of the, across the river. It just bores the crap out of me. So I switched to marketing and uh, I got my bachelor's in business. I got an MBA. But after spending seven years on the waterfront working with my hands, I wanted to progress in the shipyard and I applied for refueling engineer. And I actually went through, it was one of my hardest challenges in life. I actually went through long months and months of training. I took a uh, nine and a half hour written exam and a two hour oral board to get certified as a nuclear refueling engineer. I had reactor plant 2A for the refueling of the USS Enterprise. 
And, and if you've never sat in an oral board, it's pretty grueling. <laughs> um, so, you know, and that, that got me in engineering. I spent 12 years in engineering. Um, interesting fact, though, backing up to the apprentice school days, after I graduated, they had layoffs. And so we had a choice of the welders, the fitters, or get laid off as apprentice graduates. So I spent uh, 18 months as a pipe welder. And, and the cool thing is I learned how to do use things like this. You know what this is? It's a magnetic mirror holder so that you can place it inside the ship on the backside of a pipe and weld a pipe with a mirror, looking at a mirror. You know, so I get into engineering. And I mentioned that because in engineering, you know, having worked on the waterfront, I see things differently than the engineers did because I knew how to work with my hands. And so when I had senior engineering people telling me they can't weld something, I would say, no, you're wrong. This is how we do it. You know, <laughs> so I was always different. <laughs> No, I love that. And you know, it's, it's funny because my, I just had one of my listeners that listens to all my podcasts. She's like, what's with the engineering? Cause I've had a couple now engineers. And so she's going to be like, wait, another engineer. And I think it's so fascinating because the last couple gentlemen that I've had that have been engineering season three of your next stop, I introduced humans, not just women. And every single one of them recently has been an engineer there's something there. I mean, I, th I really think it's something that people go into because they, they, they find it fascinating. And then they realize, wait, this is not what I thought it was going to be. This is not what I want to do. And then you take a pivot in life, um, which I think is fascinating. Just like, you know, Noah, you did. I had Ron Duran on who was also now he's a professor and a TEDx uh, speaker. Um, so it's really interesting that we have yet another. So my friend that, that is listening, she's going to start laughing and be like, wait, this yeah, is so it, interesting. It's a good springboard into a lot of different things. And to echo what uh, Steve said, nothing, uh, nothing ruins a first date faster than talking about beam stress and, and all the engineering nerdy stuff. So I think <laughs> Steve and I both found ways to gravitate away from that into more interesting uh interesting pursuits. But, you know, for me, you know, the, the whole time in the shipyard, I was more of an entrepreneur. So, for example, the shipyard decided they want to use, implement what's called IPTs, integrated product teams, to save cost. And they singled out the island on top of CBN 76, aircraft carrier. And they said, let's see if we can use that concept to save money. And I ended up joining one of the teams and that was floundering. And I, I reviewed their budgets. And I said, the best way we're going to save money is the biggest cost drivers. And I told them, we need to eliminate this big slip joint in the windows. Long story short, um, they had tried to do that for 30 years and couldn't do it. And I ended up making it happen. And we went from a glass that looks like this, this thick, uh, which is the old Coke bottle green glass with the lead in it, to a brand new window design that I helped lead the creation of and eliminating the slip joint, saving thousands of man hours. But it's because I, I just have a different mindset. Well, and so that, but that's where the entrepreneur mindset comes in. So that's really cool. So as you were doing this, you were kind of testing your entrepreneurial world in a, you know, in a, in a job. And I am, I know that you said that you were working on the water and as you get into the story, it might connect, but I think it's kind of fascinating that you created something that had to do with water. Was there any correlation? I mean, is water a place that you find solace? I know for myself, like going to the beach and being on the water is something that like settles my mind. It's like my happy place. Like if, if I could live in two different places, it would be either on the, you know, on the water at the beach or in a city. I'm not like a country person. So I would love for you to touch on that a little bit. Was that just a coincidence or was there, you know, some correlation there? So, so my happy place is gardening in the yard. I'm a, I'm into tropical gardening. I love the beach too. But you know, the interesting thing is my grandfather owned Bolton Brothers Plumbing. He was an entrepreneur, started his own plumbing company. I never thought it had anything to do with plumbing, 
nothing to do with water. Um, but I actually got tired of craning my neck, you know, to rinse after I brushed my teeth. And I said, there's got to be a better way. And so my wife and I always wanted to go to Italy. And, you know, I want to go to Rome. I want to see the Roman Colosseum. I love the movie Gladiator. And mm-hmm. um, my wife loves drinking. <laughs> she loves different wines. And I love to make pizza. I like to cook. And, uh, and so I'm looking at Rome. And all of a sudden, one day, I see these little girls on a cobblestone street. And they walk over with their dog to the street fountain. And there's water coming out of a little tube off the side that's called a nasoni because it hangs down like a big nose. And they sat there and plugged the bottom of it. And water popped out the top like a water fountain. They were installed in 1872, 150 years ago. And I saw that. And I'm like, that's when the moment of inspiration fired inside me. And I said, why isn't that in the bathroom? Right. <laughs> that's right. a solution to my craning my neck problem. You know, and if the big faucet manufacturers weren't going to do anything about it, I said, I'm, I'm going to try to fix it. You know, so that's when I set out to start me Sony. So that's so interesting. And I love Italy. And I, my kids were fascinated by those water fountains too. We, you know, every place that we were in Rome, they were like, would run to try to find it and be like, let's go find that. Oh, you totally. Awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, we filled up our water bottles. Oh, we totally drank from those. We filled up our water bottles because I was like, I'm not. We don't. This is this is what they're here for. We when we go on vacation, we do some tourist things, but we like to kind of live like the you know the people that live there. So we always kind of look and ask questions because we're all curious in my family. You know, what do locals do? We kind of look at what they're doing, where they're eating. We don't go to like the the tourist restaurants. We always find like the good local restaurants. Um, and so, yeah, my kids right away, we went and that's what we, we had our reusable water bottles and we filled up from there the whole entire time. Steve, you said something which I think is actually a really cool thing. And you said if the big faucet companies weren't going to do it, you were going to do it. And I, I think that's, uh, Steve has done something rather remarkable in the sense that the faucet industry, there's like really huge players. It's hard to find a little player and someone getting started there. But Steve's idea was so different and so unique. He was able to create a wedge into that industry with a company that, you know, this started small and is growing. But uh, you know, it's one of the, one of the things I love about Steve is he didn't let the size of you know, the, the Moans and the others out there intimidate him from getting into the business. And I, th- I think it's worked out well for him. So you were in Rome, you saw this idea. Now, when you saw it, was it like a light bulb right away? And you're like, I have to figure this out. And where did you go from there? Was it, you know, you started Googling, researching? Um, was there any, and um, so this is kind of a twofold question. And was there any time that you ever were like, you know what, that I'm not going to pursue this because it's it's not meant to happen. Um, if you can take us through a little bit of that journey after you saw it in Rome. It is such a fun journey and there's so much to take from it and learn from it. I'm happy to share it. So being the kind of person at the shipyard where I could always solve problems, I knew that I could solve this. So I went to Home Depot and I bought a, a faucet and, and it was a day off because it was New Year's Day. I came home and I drilled a hole in the top of it, and I put a shutoff valve where the mouth of the faucet is, and I connected a garden hose to it. This is all in my driveway. And I, I made a little video of me shutting off that, that thing and the water popping out the top, you know. And I take it to my stepfather. Now, like Noah, my parents were divorced when I was young. And my stepfather literally and figuratively was a big influence in my life. I mean, because he's six foot three. I'm five eight on a good day. And so... <laughs> Being my stepbrothers, they're six two and six four, so I was always challenged to try to do better than them, you know, to prove I could do it, right? So I've always had that mentality of David and Goliath throughout my yeah. life. I'm everything, right? So anyway, I'm, I take this. I'm all excited about this new concept, and I go show it to my stepfather, and I'm like, "Check this out, you know, this is a great idea." And he goes, 
the heck are you going to do with that? And I said, well, you know, when you rinse after you're brushing, you either got to cup your hands, tilt your head, or use a cup, right? Now, he's 83 years old at the time, and he goes, no. I said, no. I said, what do you do? He goes, oh, I just take my teeth out and put them in a cup. (laughs) 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 So so he bet me $1,000 I would never make sell one of them. Bet me $1,000. So that just pushed me. Okay, now, Dago, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. So oh my God, I love up. that. Well, and you know what is really cool, and because you got to that before I asked, because I always, you know, when people have this tenacity, when they have this kind of, I call it grit, when they go and they don't stop because they're like, I want to go, I want to, I want to accomplish this, and I really do believe that is a, you know, a very entrepreneurial spirit. But someone, it could be an athlete, it can be, you know, someone in even in corporate, they they want to rise to the top and they don't stop, right? They they have a vision and they just go, and I always love to find out kind of where that came from. I think Noah, we even talked about it on our podcast uh, about like kind of where you got that entrepreneur spirit. And it came back to, you know, when you were young with the grocery and you even said to me, I haven't talked about that in 20 years. Um, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many I haven't people thought about it in 20 years, to be honest with you. No. And I had so many people reach out and say, that was a really cool moment. And it's so interesting. I think my kids need to get a job, you know, when they're younger. So that was like, definitely like yeah, absolutely. a, a a touching moment for people. Even but, if they don't need the money, having that job, I think is, I, I'm, we're, I'm already, I'm, I've already hired my 14 year old to help around the office here. So it's, no, I think it's, it's important. It's very important. My kids as well. They all, and then they turn 14, 15, they, they're out getting jobs. And so Steve, what you said was what, again, a question I normally would ask, like, where did you get that grit? And you said it, you had, brothers that were taller. You had, you know, a stepfather that you always felt like you kind of had to prove. And the yes. fact that he bet, you know, you <laughs> is, is, you know, some people would have shied, right? They would have been like, all right, I don't want to do that. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to fall on my face. I don't want to fail. But because of how you grew up, it was like, no, I'm going to dig in and I'm going to figure this out. So I absolutely love that. So he bet you the thousand dollars and where did you go next? So the cool thing is that having worked in the shipyard, I had lots of people I could have turned to to help me design this faucet. However, they didn't have the tools at home on their computer. So I'm thinking, now what do I do? Now, this is 2015, so it's quite a while back on the Internet days. And uh, I, I look for a freelancers, and I actually use a tool called Elance, which is now called Upwork, but because it merged with Odesk. And so I went on Elance, and I actually found an engineer in Thailand that had fluid dynamics, CAD modeling, and the background I needed. I worked with him to develop an initial design. And of course, being the novice entrepreneur, I didn't, I just said, I got to protect this, right? It's the wrong step to do a patent, but I jumped right into it. I need to protect it. So I looked locally to find an attorney and it was way too expensive. So I'm thinking, man, what am I going to do? Oh, I'll go to Elance. I found an attorney in India that worked with the U.S. Patent Office, cost me about one-fifth of the cost, and I actually got two patents, a design and utility patent. Now, a design patent was worthless because you can easily get around those, and at this time, I really didn't even have my own design. But it really wasn't worthless because the very next year, that summer, I entered a startup competition. I had no product yet. I had a CAD model. And my patent, my design patent was issued the week before the competition. I was down selected as one of the top five companies to appear in front. It's Inc. Magazine and Cox Media. And we were competing for $10,000 in cash and prizes, right? And I get on stage 
And I'm able to tell them, I got this patent, you know, I've got this great idea. It's going to save water. It's going to do all these things. I won the judge's favorite $5,000 cash. I won the $5,000 in prizes. And I also won the audience favorite for $250 American Express gift card. And it was having a design patent that made no difference <laughs> to help me win that, right? <laughs> right. So, so that was the cool part of it. Well, I mean, and the thing is, it's, it's, and this is what I always want the listeners to take away. When you have something that you're excited about, when you're passionate about, and you talk about it with that excitement and passion, it is, you know, other people want to, want to be a part of that, right? They want to know, okay, well, what yeah. are you doing? Why are you so excited? I want to know more about this. And you can see, obviously, <laughs> you're very excited. And that's what, <laughs> you know, this is what you were meant to do. And I love that, that little step. I mean, I, I'm fascinated. And I, uh, after I do this, I do need to like start looking into seeing that my other guests that are coming on because I, there's something with this engineering thing. And I have to say, I've, I am always been like fascinating with putting things together. I think I had shared this with Noah, putting things together. I was always like the one, you know, when we got a bookshelf or whatever, I was like, Oh, I'll put it together. Um, and then when I had kids, I feel like one of them stole it. We, we haven't figured out which one stole it, but I'm not as good as I used to be. Like I used to, and I think it's because things gotten like have gotten a little bit more advanced and stuff, but the technology stuff, I used to always put the cable box and, you know, change the cords in the back of the TV and I didn't have any any training at all. It just kind of was common sense to me. Um, and then again, when I had kids, I remember the first time I went to go like put the, the surround sound or something on. And I was like, wait a second, I'm not comprehending this. <laughs> One of the kids stole it. Um, but there is a very much of a mindset and a, a, a way your brain works. And we've talked about this on the podcast many times. We all have certain ways our brain works. You know, there's the creative side and then there, you know, so the, the, the rightly the right brain, left brain. And I feel like with an engineer, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like with an engineer, it is really both of your sides are strong. You're not more right-brained or left-brained. They kind of work together. Am I incorrect there? It depends on the engineer. I, I would say okay. Steve and I are both um, more exceptions to the rule. You know, I, I think many... Many engineers do go into that field where they just talk about beam stress on bridges all the time. That's their whole career. And they love that. And that's great. <laughs> you know, that that's fantastic. <laughs> you, you know, there's no joke about engineers. How do you tell an introverted engineer from an extroverted engineer? And the answer is the extroverted engineer stares at your shoes when he's talking to you. So there are a lot of engineers that fit into that that mold. And, and, and there's, there's reasons for those people to be there. There's, they, they do very important things. I think people like Steve and myself, you know, we go through that, we learn all that stuff, but we're really just not satisfied. It's like, I don't want to redesign the turbine blade for every day for the next 50 years. And we want to want to be, we have a more creative side. So we have that, okay. that right side of our brain that's, that's screaming, don't, don't lock me away. I want to get out. I want to participate. And that's how we end up doing the types of things we do. So I, I think we're, there is a subset of engineers that are like us, but it's it's a, it's a minority. I to, to elaborate on Noah's comment real quickly, my wife is an aerospace engineer from University of Alabama. She's a blonde rocket scientist. I kid her about that. But <laughs> if you've ever seen cables on a ship, they all go up nice and neatly. And at every deck level, they turn out all orderly, you know, and they're all in order. 
And I said, that's the way her brain is. Everything goes up and fires off in the right direction at the right time. And her memory is great, sharp. I said, mine is more like this, right? It's like a big bowl of spaghetti, man. I'm not fires all different directions, but I'm more creative. I'm into that, you know, that whole entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> right. No. And I, and so I, I'm like even more fascinated because there, you know, there are generalizations and you guys have joked about this, but like when you think of an accountant, right? We all, we all think of that accountant and, and I really have never really met like a super fun accountant and there's nothing wrong with that. They're just, you know, that's just who, and I'm sorry if there's any accountants out there, I'm not saying that you're not fun, but when you meet someone that's creative, it is a very different, you know, it's a different feel. It's a different personality, you know, whether you're type A, type B, whether you're introvert, extrovert. And so I am just super fascinated that on the show, the last three humans, men that I've had on are these engineers, but you all are similar, which obviously my podcast is attracting because it's about entrepreneur spirits. It's about following your passion. And so that, that makes sense. Would you really want to do a show with an engineer describing all his favorite types of screws and why he likes this screw versus that screw? No. Oh my gosh, no. And my listeners would, would not also like, because it's all about the stories. But they're engineers right? and they're fascinated by that. And that's great. And, and frankly, they do types of jobs in engineering that I couldn't do. It, they would drive me insane. I don't think Steve could do them either. But we need, as a society, we need them. And they're oh, very totally. Important. They're, the, they're the reasons your bridges... Stand up. They're the reason, you know, you're, they're the reason your, your engine in your car works, but they're not the reason your car is fun to drive. They're just the reason it works, you know? Right. No, totally. And right. We need, we all need all different people for the world to go around. I'm just now fascinated that there's been three engineers that are more of the creative because this is not the norm. As you said, this is, you guys are a little bit out of the norm, but I just think it's kind of very comical that it just happens to be this engineers that turn entrepreneur that are now creating, uh, different things. So I love that. Yeah. It's that, that out of the box thinking, you know, I took that, that winnings, that competition winnings. And, you know, I like to, to do more research as a, you know, into anything I'm studying right now to I'll listen to podcasts and, and to learn more about a particular topic. And so at the time, I, you know, I was trying to learn about inventing and I found a book ta- from Tamara Monosoff, you know, and um, on new products. And she had recommended somebody and I hired that person to build my first prototype faucet. All we did was rebuild the downspout or the spout part of it with the, the end I needed. And I used that actually to apply for a TV show. And I actually was on stage with Steve Harvey against another entrepreneur. And I won $50,000 in that competition. And I actually ended up using that money to hire Noah to help me develop the first um, prototype of the faucet. But my whole message there for your listeners is, if you don't have money, there's competitions out there you're going to go apply for. And I won over $80,000 in startup competitions um, that have helped me get to where I'm today, which ultimately led toward, I, I received $600,000 in investment from an investor out of Minnesota, 250000 locally. I mean, I raised almost a million dollars in investment alone. Which which is huge. And I love how you kind of segued into that because that was going to be like, so you found Noah through the competitions that you were doing. And no, I, or, I found or, Noah for a reference. Noah was given to me as a reference from somebody. And then I actually followed up with a, a, another lady, Karina, that Noah actually helped her with. She had this, uh, this tool that they would actually picture hanging tool, you know, to mount your pictures with. And, and we're still friends. She and I and her husband, Jared. And I think Noah and them still connect, but, um, yep, that's yep, a reference I use for Noah. <laughs> but, which, I mean, Noah, you had said that a lot of your, you know, a lot of people that you work with are, 
references. You know, it's people that have had success with you and then, and, um, and word of mouth. Sure. And that, that's really my goal. I'm at a point and I think we talked about it. I'm at a point in my career where I don't need to finagle people to do a project I know is not going to work. So yeah. I look for success stories these days and, um, you know, success stories become good references. Well, they do. Cause what, I mean, I say this all the time, stories connect. That's what connects us. Everyone. That's what connected you and I, I was fascinated because of that curious part of my brain, how I've always been fascinated when people create things. Where does that come from? Where do they start? Where do they go? And Steve, you said something that I think is really profound too. When I have come up with ideas, you know, I've, my throughout, you know, having kids, I'm always, I was always the person that was like, wait, I want to go invent that. I never went further. I think it was always fun for me just to kind of create it in my mind, but it was always like, oh, I need to get that patent. Okay. Let me go. But that's not what you do. So I love that you said that because that's what people are listening. There's like, okay, I have this idea. You think, well, I need to to make it safe so no one else can take it. So what would you suggest? You come up with this idea. Where would you suggest people to go to do these competitions or find, you know, if they have the cash, if they don't have the cash, can you give us a little kind of background to what you suggest there? Yeah, sure. First of all, um, there are a lot of good Facebook groups and uh, LinkedIn groups on that you can collaborate with other entrepreneurs and learn from. There's tons of podcasts too and uh, books. I, you know, for me, uh, I'm like Zig Ziglar. I like Automobile University. So I get audio from audible.com. I get books and I listen to them when I mow the grass or when I drive anywhere. And, and I just learn, I soak up all that information. Um, and you know, you learn about the process of inventing and you learn the right steps. There are steps to it. Uh, I was actually asked to speak to a school in North Carolina of 120 students that were middle school, if you will, and they were in gifted programs. And they wanted me to talk about what it's like really not on what you, from what you see on Shark Tank. So I actually developed, this is our model, if you will, <laughs> for new product development. Oh, and I you, love can, it. You, know, you heard Noah say that, you know, invention, when you're up here, it's not really worth a lot. Anybody can have ideas. It's not until you put the effort and reduce the risk by bringing the product to market that it becomes worth something. So you got to go through the steps. So this is the, the one that I developed for Nasoni. This is our process. No, I love <laughs> I, that. I think I gave it to the students, you know, so they could have it as a lead behind. Right. No, I think that's, I think that's fascinating. And that's what people need, right? They, they, they come up with these, but they don't know where to go. And that's what stops a lot of people in their tracks. Cause they, they're like, Oh, wait. I don't know where to go. I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid of this. I don't know. I don't have the funds, but you just gave them all of those steps. You know, go to and, and I will say, Noah offered a 15 minute free consultation. I would highly recommend talking to him and he'll, he'll validate your idea a little bit too. What he, you know, if it's kind of realistic or not. But uh, no, I shoot a lot of ideas down, uh, unfortunately. But, uh, well, I, I, I shoot them down with homework. So here's your problem. If you can't fix this, you don't have a business, don't spend any money with me or anyone else. And, um, you know, I, some people don't like that, but it's, you know, I'd rather be honest. I'd rather be honest than rich, I guess. I'll also add that a lot of people are worried to talk to people about their idea because they're afraid someone's going to steal it. Right. Noah is not that kind of person. I know firsthand he's not going to steal your idea. So the trust is a factor and you can trust product quick start with Noah. Well, and I mean, that's one of the reasons why I've done now. This is my third show with, with Noah because I have, I mean, that's, I think what is, is missing sometimes in the world is that piece, right? You, you, there's so many people out there. I mean, there's so many people that take advantage of other people. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I get contacted probably in a day. Hey, let me help you with this. Let me help you with that. And half of the time I don't go 
and say, yes, even if it's something I need, I'm like, eh, I don't know where they came from. They're going to try to steal my identity because that's what we're taught nowadays, right? <laughs> you don't give yeah. anything over here. So I think it's really important that there's, there, there's Noah out there in the world and people like yourself that are going to recommend him. And, and the thing I think is really important is that Noah is honest and is like, no, this, these are the things that you need to do to create a, you know, to create a viable business, because that's the other thing is we don't get, I mean, even if you go, you know, there's times that I'm going to, this is going to sound random, but it's not, but like you go to the doctor and you want advice and they, they don't tell you the advice. They give you like this bullshit, like story. And you're like, just freaking tell me yes or no. Do I need to do this or don't need to do this? So it's awesome that you can have someone that says, Hey, yeah, I think it's a great idea, but this is what you need to do. Or, you know what? Let me tell you what I see wrong with it. And if you can fix it, then I think, and then that I think is, is really important. So but, I think that's a great analogy. Do you really want to go to a doctor who's going to tell you everything's great, ugh. whether it is or not? It's so... Hey, you're, you're great. You're doing fine. You got heart disease, but you're doing you're doing perfect. Julia, it's you funny you said that, Julia, because in March my Apple Watch told me I had AFib. I'm like, are you kidding me? So, long story short, I ended up seeing a, a heart doctor at the local heart hospital, EP, a specialist. Right? He was late for the meeting, and when I'm trying to understand the background of how I got AFib, and, I'm, and he says, "Can we stick to AFib?" And so he kind of frustrated me. I ended up firing him, and right. I went to the clinic, the, the number one heart hospital in the country. Got treated back in May, and I've been free of it ever since. But the long story short is, you're responsible for your own health. You know, you take the lead. You, I fired my EP locally. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it makes me it makes me crazy. But really, anything out there. Our, our dog just got ACL surgery, and I literally had to get five different opinions because no one would say, okay, if she doesn't get it, this is what's going to happen. It, you know, it, it was just like, it was all everyone was talking around this. I was like, okay, just let me know. I don't care about the money. Is it, is it beneficial for her? Or is it not beneficial for her? Give me the pros and cons and then we can come together instead of just talking around the situation. It makes me nuts. <laughs> so I love that there's someone like Noah direct and this is what you need to do. Or if you don't do it, this is not going to happen. So I think it's really important. So anyone that's listening right now and is like, you know what? I do have this idea. Noah offered it on the podcast. Again, if you haven't listened, definitely go listen because this story is really fun is you know, that that's what you do. Reach out to Noah. Hey, this is my idea. What do I do? And so Steve, can you also now share a little bit about, we have about 10 more minutes, like where people can find your product, um, what some of the big wins that you've had, what are some of the things that, you know, maybe you would have changed. Just give us a little kind of your journey as you were creating Nisoni. And one other thing, Steve, I don't know what you're comfortable talking about the, the project we're working on now, which is I'll cover it. It's super it. exciting to me for lots of reasons. Yeah, yeah I'll get it. Let me, let me hit that. Okay. So th this is cool, Julia. It's really fun. because So for me, a couple of things. One, we launched at the worst possible time, start of COVID. So all the trade shows were canceled, you know, so, you know, it really, it caused us to consume our marketing budget as operating capital, right? So as an entrepreneur, you got to find a way to pivot. How do you keep the company going while you try to wait for sales to come back in? And you ask where you can first of all, get back up, where can you find us? Well, we're at masoni.com, but those are generally our MSRP prices. We're on sale on Wayfair. Just go to wayfair.com and type in Masoni and you'll see our faucets and our filters, um, this is an example of our gloss black nickel faucet. And you just rotate the fountain lever and it becomes a water fountain. These are solid brass faucets. They come with a 30-day happiness guarantee. You don't like it, return it for any reason. We'll give your money back. I love um, it. They're amazing. And so about where we where do we go, right? My wife has always said, you need to 
figure out how to apply for an SBIR from the government, right? Small Business Innovative Research. And you can get a grant. And I kept thinking, how how am I going to put this into a grant? What's going to work for me? But I am always looking for ways for different funding vehicles. As you know, when I raised a rainy grant in startup competitions, you look for, you try to be creative. And so one day, uh, Dr. Nancy Gurdon at Old Dominion University, who I've been knowing for seven years, because I actually won their inaugural 757 pitch competition. I won $757 plus $20,000 in consulting services. Love it. <laughs> so, so anyway, Nancy introduced me to Dr. Lisa Caperna. Lisa runs the ODU Monarch Physical Therapy Lab. And when she saw our faucets, she said, you know what? If we had a sensor version of this, it could help our patients so much. They deal with quadriplegics, right. you know, and, and paraplegics and so on. And so I'm like, wow, that's a cool idea. See, you know, one of the things I've said, and I spent 25 years building aircraft carriers and submarines at the shipyard. And then I spent 11 years helping grow my wife's company from nothing to a multi-million dollar government consulting business. But at this point in life, I really wanted to invent something that would make people's lives better and save water to benefit the planet. And along the way, be a good role model to our sons and other entrepreneurs. And that, that's what I really like to do now, right? Mm -hmm. So after hearing Lisa say that, I applied for a grant, a phase one grant with the National Institute of Health to develop a sensor version of our fountain faucet. And uh, it took two iterations, but we were awarded a $259,000 grant back in June to develop this, this sensor version that would function with a few different ways. One, you could say, Alexa, turn on my water fountain and it would turn it on. Or you could use motion and wave your arm by it. We're even using technology from a company called Toby. They're the leading um, company that developed eye gaze trackers used in like PlayStations or uh, the Meta Quest goggles, you know, AR goggles. Mm -hmm. So we're working with them right now to implement that technology into the faucet so you could actuate it just with your eyes. So let's say you're a wounded veteran with no, no limbs. And, and you wanted to turn the faucet on with your eyes. We're doing that as well. Um, so and, cool. And on, and on top of that, instead, not just having the fountain feature, we're incorporating a grooming nozzle. And the grooming nozzle is going to be a spray where it could either be a cone spray, a flat cone, a hollow cone. We don't know yet what it's going to be because we're testing different things. But the idea there is that would be used to rinse facial cleanser or makeup remover or shaving cream what have you. And, and the next cool thing about it is I'm working again with ODU, the mechanical engineering department, and I've got two students on the team and the students are leading that development effort and they run the ODU makerspace lab. And, you know, we're, we're working on these little nozzle, nozzle pieces you can see here. And they, what, what happens is these off the shelf grooming nozzles we're buying and testing don't fit the current faucet hole that we have. So they're 3D printing little adapters. And this is becoming so cool to the mechanical engineering professor over there. He's like, I want this to become your your graduate, your project, your what do you call it, your student project for your right. whole degree. And then in fact, the, the ODU University is now sending their marketing director over. They're gonna do a video story on this. It's part of giving Right. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. So, I mean, it's so freaking cool what you're doing. And I love Noah. This is awesome. So, thank you for bringing me, Steve. I think it's so fascinating. Definitely, um, 
I also want to do one of the, of the, the live show with this too, because I think this will be really fun to be able to stream this, especially when it, you can, you're continuing, you know, the next time you have like a, another big thing coming out as this keeps growing, I would love to do it there. Um, because I think it'd be fun for people to come up and know when I talked about this to come up and ask questions because that's what that platform is about. I want to go to the, the saving the planet. Was that something that you originally thought, okay, this can help or you realized after? You created the project. I realized along the way. So as we started using the faucet, I was like, wow, you know, the flow rate is so much less coming out of the top than it is out of the bottom. And then you hear things like the American Dental Association saying one third of Americans leave the water running when they brush. So if you have a normal faucet, it's 2.2 gallons a minute. You brush for two recommended minutes. You're using four and a half gallons. The flow rate, because we have this little bitty flow restrictor in our fountain feature is only 0.26 GPM. So if you let it run while you brush, it's going to use a half a gallon. That's it. 88% savings over a normal fountain feature. We actually have a water saving calculator built into our website. And for where we live, you get build water rate, sewer rate, uh, and, and then there's um, a discharge rate. So there's three different rates you get billed for using water. And we calculate and show you how much you save by switching to a fountain faucet. If everybody could switch, or if we had our sales targets by 2030, we could save a billion gallons of water annually. I mean, that's so cool. That's, I mean, that's, there's so many, I mean, my mind's like just going right now. It's like going and going. Um, there's so many things that you can do and so many, I mean, basically pain points out there that you can help. Cause that's one of the things, you know, when, when people are creating a company, it's always like, who can you help? What, um, you know, what, can what can you solve right it's like what can you solve out there like if for the marketplace how can you help this market and there's i mean with all the projects you're doing now also with the water conservation so there's so many angles that you can also i'm sure you're so busy being like okay who do i touch here who is it builders is it is it is it like wayfair companies like who who is it so who really are you marketing to other than the consumer so we are um, we are installed in what's called Peanut Crossing. This is a local redevelopment effort where they took an old peanut processing facility and converted it to luxury apartments or high-end apartments, and they put our faucets in it. So that's pretty cool. But the challenge we face is getting the word out. You know, people don't know we exist, especially like California with all the water challenges they have. Nobody out there knows we're, we're around. And so I think about the George Foreman grill. If you remember that, that was one of the best selling items in history. But did you know that before it became that name, it was just a taco meat grilling machine? They got rebranded as, you know, the lean green fat grilling machine and had George Foreman's face put on there and they sold like crazy. We need an influencer. You know, we'd love to find an influencer that could help us, you know, that with that, that cares about the planet, that cares about saving water and making people's lives better. You know, I had a lady come to me at the Kitchen and Bath Show in Orlando in February, and she said, do you realize your faucet helps me with vertigo? I said, no, how is that? She said, well, when I sip from your faucet, I can just lean straight down and lean up and that's it. But if I turn my head, I get the spins and I want to, I get vertigo bad. So all the time I learn new ways it's helping people. Right. Which is really cool. It, it doesn't Leonardo DiCaprio, if you're listening, Leo, um, I think this is, you know, a project that you need to take on. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's fascinating. And I think the more you, again, I think the live show would be really fun for you to share it. And maybe even the live show, the next convention you're at, we, we kind of go there and we do the live show in person there. I mean, no, I think that's an idea that we can talk about. I don't know when your next convention is, but um, 
I think that that is, I mean, I think what your product's doing and what it, it can, I, as I said, my head's spinning. So I have some ideas for you. We could talk off, off camera, but, um, uh, my last question I think for you is, did your stepfather ever pay you that thousand dollars? So, so here's a really cool, <laughs> sad and cool part of this whole story. Oh. Um, I actually, when I got the first faucets made with Noah, you know, we, we, we came up with our own design and you can see the handles are a little wider than normal. They're, they're comfortable, really comfortable in your hands. It's sleek and elegant. Um, when I got prototypes made, I gave one to my stepfather and he installed it and he actually loved it. Unfortunately, he got colon cancer and died within six months. I'm sorry. We never got there to him getting to see it sell, but I was extremely happy. And he gave me some feedback. He said, you know, he said, with your your threaded part down here, you need to extend it a little longer. No, it was make the nut deeper. That's what it was because the tool used to put it on was a little tougher. So he gave me some design feedback along the way after he installed his. And it was just so fun to see the revelation that hit him once he started using it and he found the benefit that he didn't think he would find. Right. And he also, I mean, if I, if you believe in the afterlife, I do. He's there and he's helping you every step of the way. I think, you know, he believes in you, um, as he always did. And I think that's, that's very cool. Uh, I mean, again, I think this is amazing. I would love to continue this conversation again on the live show because I think it will be really fun for people to also see as you grow, as you help more, more, um, parts and find the, the different things that, I mean, the one faucet can help. I mean, vertigo, people that, you know, have ailments, the, you know, the bending of the neck, there's so many different things, the, you know, the, the conservation of water, there's so many things that are out there that I think are just uh, fascinating. So I just want to thank you so much for joining. And no, I think this was awesome. I mean, I think this is a really exciting one. I know you said that I, I would love Steve and I would love what he's doing and uh, you are correct. So thank you. Steve's one of my favorite clients ever. So, uh, so I'm glad he was able to, to, to come on the show. I see Julia, one of my fun things is that the people that I can bring together as a team, we have the most fantastic team working this new um, sensor faucet. You know, one of the things the NIH, when they reviewed our grant, they said, we don't see anybody on your team that has machine learning and computer vision background. So I went and got two more PhDs. We have six PhDs working on this project with us and just and people like Noah. Noah also introduced me to Craig Ritu. His title for his own company is Technology Wrangler. Who wouldn't want a technology wrangler? I mean, we got the best friggin' team, and I'm so amazed by working with all of them. And we're going to have a most amazing product as a result. It's exciting. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining your next stop. And um, I can't wait to continue this and see where your company goes, Nisone. You guys, don't forget to follow Steve. You can find him on LinkedIn and his last name is W-A-D-D-E-L-L. Nasoni is N-A-S-O-N-I. You can find that on all socials, but you can also find it in nasoni.com. And, um, stay tuned because in the next few months we will have, like, especially I'm sure you guys are have so many questions. And I love that because my, my listeners are curious and they know what to do. Like, share, rate and review. That is how this gets out. And you might listen to this podcast and be like, Oh, that's so cool. But you don't know there's someone in your life, whether it's a neighbor, a friend, a mom, a dad, a sister, a brother, aunt, uncle, cousin, who is it? Niece, nephew that has an idea and they don't know where to go and they need Noah and you just don't know it. So share this episode with as many people as you can. And we will see you again on the next episode of Your Next Stop or YNS Live. Thank you, Noah. And thank you, Steve, for joining. That was fun. Thank you. 
I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 